0: Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Burns and Gambo starts now.
1: Straight up! Two
0: o'clock on this Friday afternoon. Good afternoon and welcome into today's edition of the Burns and Gambo Show here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. My name is Dave Burns alongside the one, the only John Gambadoro. Hi, Gambo. Burns, what's going on? I, I know that uh, Mitch, who's been out sick all week, yes, is yes. usually the keeper of these things. Jamal, I don't know if you have access to this highly classified document. Laura, I don't... Or Laura. <laughs> Lauren, Laura, how you doing, Laura? Hi, Laura. How are nice you? to meet you. Lauren, this is your first name. Lauren, pardon me. Lauren, I don't know if you have access to this highly classified document classified document. Gambo did pay off a lunch bet today. Yes, I took Bernsy
1: to lunch today. So took me to I took him to lunch.
0: Took me to Stumpy's. Stumpy's. Stumpy's that's why I called you Laura instead mm. of Lauren because I've, I've got, if yes. you cut me open right now, grease will just pour out. Good grease. Good <laughs> really grease. good Italian mm. salted meat grease. Just that's exactly right. Out. I do have access to this highly coveted document. Oh, do you? So okay. I will one make a bet, mark.
1: One bet off, one, I still owe him one more. One bet paid off. I <laughs> took the 49ers and I gave Bernsey the field. And I got close. I got close, but did, I didn't you win it did all. Close, and you also.
0: Yeah. As I'm looking up at the Ravens, uh, you also. I had the Ravens over the Ravens, the, and you
1: gave Chiefs. me a crap ton of points in that game against the Chiefs. I just couldn't yeah. say no. I'm like, all right. I've fine. learned my lesson. Never ever bet on Lamar Jackson ever. Yeah, ever, and never take ever. one team and give me the field. No, yeah, it's just it's, it's always just stupid to just do. Don't, yeah, yeah just stupid stupid do. To but yeah. thank you
0: for lunch. I do. I You're, do very very You're very welcome. You're very welcome. I was mostly kidding about the grease. That's some
1: really good food. Oh, it's good... it's it's best nice it Italian sandwich in town. It so is. It's so good. Yeah,
0: I'm fueled by that right now, ready to go. Uh, unfortunately, maybe the uh, Phoenix Suns could have used a hot Italian sandwich or two last oh. night to be fueled by the grease because they ran out of gas a little bit Ooh. in that game. Let's weigh in on our top story of the day here on the Burns and Gambo show. Burns and Gambo. Hot Italian. Weigh in. Brought to you by Revitalize Weight Loss.
2: Frank Vogel and Jason Kidd embrace center court. The former peers on the Lakers coaching staff, now competitors. And it is a final score. Mavericks win it. 123-113, the final here at American Airlines Center. Dallas improves to 33-23. The Suns fall to 33-23 and lose the season series 2-1. Well, that was unpleasant. Could have gave Luka the sandwich. He would have ate the whole
1: thing, and then maybe he would have been a little bit sluggish. <laughs> not kick the Suns' ass. This is, you know, I said to you, I said to you, it's very, it's always, di- the, the Suns are just so difficult to gauge. Ain't hey, now Bradley Beal. If they had him, maybe they win. Maybe I don't know. Um but here's the bottom line that that's a that's a tough loss. That's yes, a tough is. loss. Yes, it is. You know because you lose the tiebreaker to Dallas. We're looking at tiebreakers now with 27 games to go. Like all of these things start to matter a little bit. You went from fifth in the standings to seventh mm-hmm. in the standings. So if the playoffs were to start today, you're in a play-in. You're not even one of the six seeds that that you you you're in the play-in tournament yep, right now. If yep,
2: you are
1: didn't like the way they played. We're going to get into a lot of it later on. Durant was not very good in his basketball game. Um, the runs we're going to get into later on, because I included that one in the third quarter. But man, it was a, it, it was a very frustrating game to watch. The math didn't add up again. We'll talk about that, because the math is always against the Phoenix Suns seems in like these it. games.
0: Yeah, seems like it. But
1: that was a game, Bernsey, that, that that was one that you felt you needed to get. Yeah, and I think the Golden State game, too... Um, from last to before the break, the week before the break, when they went on the road and they lost to Golden State, I wanted that one. And this one you kind of looked at and you said, okay, get this one, get the tiebreaker over Dallas. You want to see the sun start to move North, not south. Well, I want to see them start to move north. Yeah. I don't want to see them go down two spots in the standings. This
0: this has been, I mean, look, we haven't had a game to talk about in a week, but a lot of the discourse about the Suns, just being honest about it, the last few days or so was are they going to advance? Are they going to move up the Western Conference standings? Are they going to fall down in the Western Conference standings? Or is the victory here to just stay put in the Western Conference standings, to be fifth, to be sixth, to acknowledge that you're, we did that we played the game yesterday with Tim Ring during his pregame show where we said if the Suns go 17 and 10, here's what the four teams in front of them would have to do for the Suns to catch them. And it wasn't very encouraging. I walked out of that conversation, thinking, man, it might be in the Suns' best interest to just really try to stay put. Fifth, sixth, stay out of the play-in tournament, don't have to get into that single elimination kind of nonsense. That might be the goal now, because I'll tell you what, looking at these standings, I don't like seeing the Suns in a play-in tournament. Man, there's just too much risk involved with that. Yeah, there might be some reward on the other side. Maybe you'll be able to get somebody in the first round that you feel like you match up better against, like Minnesota or somebody. But you fall into that play-in tournament, let's say you're a 7-8 team. If you win, you're in. You lose, you're playing an elimination game. You're, you're And you don't want those extra I, games no. when you're trying to go four rounds in the playoffs. Everyone else is getting that time off but you. Let, let's give everybody a snapshot of where things stand right now. You okay. kind of mentioned right. the, where things stand after that loss to the Dallas Mavericks. The New Orleans Pelicans right now are fifth in the NBA's Western Conference. They are three games back of the Denver Nuggets, who won last night. They beat the Wizards. We'll talk about that in just a moment. Pelicans are fifth. The Mavericks now are sixth. The Phoenix Suns are 7th. The Sacramento Kings are 8th. The Lakers are ninth. The Golden State Warriors are 10th. In the loss column, the Pelicans have 22. The Mavs have 23. The Suns have 23. The Kings have 23. The Lakers have 27. The Warriors have 26. But the Lakers are still on top of them in the overall standing. Yes. And the problem was...
1: Everybody, well, everybody. Not everybody, but just about everybody won last night. Yeah, the, you- nug- the Nuggets won, which you start to, I, I, I think that a top four seed is out. I, I do. I think a top four seed is out now. Um I think five is doable. Six, I think five is doable. Oh, oh, the five and six are doable. Yeah, you're, five you're, and six are. Do- I think three. There's no, to me, three is not a top three seed is not an option with this little little amount of games left and everybody ahead of you by a pretty decent amount. I think four becomes very difficult too. Yeah, four's getting challenging. I think four gets very challenging. Maybe outside shot of four. Maybe an outside shot. Um, but you start to look at how many games in the loss column you're behind one and two and three. Oh yeah, yeah. and then four with De- Denver. I said it to you yesterday. I go. Denver's got a Patsy tonight. They got Washington. And Denver plays tonight. They play Portland tonight. Yeah, So, like, Denver comes out of the gate with two patsies. So, you know, you lose that game to Dallas, you're gonna, you know, you're gonna lose a game. They're gonna win a game. It's gonna hurt you. And it did. Yeah, and when I say everybody won last
0: night, I mean, not everybody did, but a lot of times it was these head-to-head games where, like, the Thunder beat the Clippers. Okay, I don't know whether that helps or hurt the Suns. It's whatever. But the Pelicans, they pounded the Houston Rockets last night. Zion had 27. Nikola Jokic, you mentioned that went over the Wizards. He had a triple double. He now has one against at least every single opponent in the NBA. That's impressive.
1: The Kings beat the Spurs last night. That doesn't help. Uh the wa- now they're tied with you in the loss column. They've, they've got one yeah. less game, but they're tied with you in the loss column. And, you know, you've got the tiebreaker over them, right, Sacramento? Uh you no, know, to be determined. There's one more game last one more game. The there's winner of game. the and that's and that's exactly where I was going to take this conversation. Okay. You
0: lost the tiebreaker last night with Dallas. You finish tied with Dallas, they will be ahead of you, okay? That sucks. You've already lost the tiebreaker to the Lakers should it come to that. You cannot win that. You've already won the tiebreaker against the Golden State Warriors should it come to that. The tiebreakers to be determined are against the Sacramento Kings. There's one game left there. The winner gets it. And against the Pelicans, there's two games left there. If the Suns win one of the two, they'll win the tiebreaker against New Orleans. If they lose both, they'll lose that one too. So these, these tiebreakers now, suddenly they become... That's why last night's game... Really, it, it caught like it a knife because you needed that tiebreaker against Dallas just in case of emergency, and you needed to break that
2: glass.
1: Yeah, we're going to get into the whole game itself, but man, it is it is it's very frustrating to lose to Luke and the Mavericks. It is very very frustrating to lose to them, and they're a different team now with the size. I mean, clearly, you know, the, having a big rebounding center and Gafford really helps them. PJ Washington was terrific in that game with his ability to guard Kevin Durant, who really struggled. Uh, in the game, I give Kevin Durant credit for not kicking that fan out after they uh, <laughs> they called them am serious. Like honestly, kick those people out of the game. You know, I uh, kick those people out. But you're back back to the standings and where they are. You're you're now fifty six games into the season. There's twenty six games left. You're a full seven games out of the one seed, six out of the two seed, five out of the three seed, and four out of the four seed with 26 remaining. These are good teams. They're not going to lose a lot of games. And you have the tougher schedule out of all of these teams. So your schedule's brutal. Their schedule's easier, and you're chasing them. It It might be really hard to get into a... The Suns are hosting the first rounds of the playoff scenario. It might be hard to do that. Yeah, I,
0: I've uh, in that in that scenario, I've almost set that off to the side. I'm not even thinking about it. And I'm just hoping they can finish fifth or sixth at this point. I, I don't know if it's time for that level of emergency, but I'm getting to that point real quick. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo Show, it's very clear watching last night's game. The Phoenix Suns have a problem, and his name is Luca, and he's killing them again. That's next on the Burns and Gambo Show. Hey, it's Luke after last night's loss to the Mavericks. How will the Phoenix Suns bounce back against the Rockets in Game 2 of 27? We get going Monday at 10 a.m. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports.
2: Down to 10 on the shot clock. He drives to the right elbow. Gives it to Luka for a three straight away. He got another one. 41 points on the night for Luka Doncic. And the Mavericks get a dagger with a minute 15 left. They're up 15.
3: Luka has absolutely... Just owns Phoenix over the last couple seasons. Yeah,
0: thanks, Reggie. Appreciate that.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know he has. He has. Thanks, thanks Reggie. No, listen. Is no question. Is a Luke. There's a Luka Doncic problem. I mean, for the life of me, is there anybody? Is there anybody out there right now that wasn't watching him just torch Grayson Allen and be like, "What are the Suns doing? <laughs> Why is Grayson Allen covering Luka Doncic? Why? Why?" Well, anybody, any, now I know they can get the switch, right? This is the NBA. Yes. You hunt matchups in the NBA. And you get the switch, you get the matchup but you want. But like, if they get that matchup, there has to be a counter. Yeah. I am going, now, Luca's a great passer and they're gonna find open shooters, but Luka versus Grayson Allen is a first round knockout. I'd rather take my chances doubling Luka and letting anybody else beat me besides Luka on Grayson Allen. Everybody, again, we were all like, wow, how is Grayson Allen covering him the entire time? They're going to hunt that matchup. They're going to hunt it. They're going to seek it out. They're going to get the switch. It's the NBA. That's what they're able to do. The Suns didn't just go out there and say, "You know what? We have a great idea to stop Luca tonight. What is it? We're going to put Grayson Allen on him." Nobody thinks of that. Nobody no, thought of that. That's small. not what they wanted. He's too small. And Frank
0: Vogel, after the game, on trying to defend Luca, who had 41 on 14 of 27 from the
3: floor. Well, we're switching a lot, so I mean, the primary defender, you know, uh, has little to do with it. Um, you know, we're trying to take him out of their action and um, you know how much double team we wanted to do was was just it was always gonna something be something that we measured throughout the game. And um you know, it wasn't enough. Like
0: I, we all, Everyone who watched the game, we all saw that run to start the second half, and, and there were three big runs, one big run by the Mavs and two medium-sized runs that basically was the game for the Phoenix Suns. That run to start the third quarter, uh, and, I, and we're going to talk about it in detail a little bit later, but I'll just bring this up. Luka had the Suns, it was like a yo-yo. He had just the Suns on a string, man. He was just, oh, I'm going to go here, step back three, can't stop it, I'm going to drive, you're going to collapse. So I'm going to kick. There's the wide open shooter. Nobody rotates. Piece of cake. He was just. He was it's like a, a puppeteer, man, just with the strings. Like, I'm going to make you dance. I'm going to make you do this. I'm going to make you he do. Was that. Geppetto. He was Geppetto. He was Geppetto. He, was Geppetto. Oh. he was Geppetto. And the sons were Pinocchio. And the sons were like, Yeah, hey, okay. Well. <laughs> <laughs> Geppetto. I can't wait to watch that on mm. the internet later. That's going to be a lot of fun. Me and you with your
1: hands. Yeah, me yeah. doing the hand thing. That's I think. Be a lot of fun. I don't think most people have figured out that we're. I, Actually, on the uh, you could watch well, us do the show uh, now just because it so happens because you would figure by now, everybody would be taking all these screenshots of how goofy we look at times and throwing it up there. You could,
4: oh, I work with our multimedia producer to pull gifts of you guys when you just make
0: like, fools of yourselves, like, and I have miss. a little stockpile <laughs> to use you? later.
1: Wait, you're part, why would you do that? Aren't you a part of this team? I am a part of this team. I want. You know what? I want oh, to engage from, with our listeners, our fans on social media, and they love this content. Absolutely.
0: This blackmail or yeah, something no, like that? No, 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 no. Kim, but we got to laugh at ourselves. Oh, I'm great Wait, at what, laughing at when myself. I, <laughs> when I watch me do this later, what I'm doing right now, the, the puppet thing yeah. that I'm doing, I'm going to laugh about that. Uh, I, I
1: hope I'm going right, to laugh about that. 14-27 from the field, 6-11 of 11 from deep, all seven free throws, 11th 40-point game of the season for him. But it wasn't just him. Look at the duo. Kyrie had 29 points on 11 of 18 shooting. He was 5 of 8 from deep. So their dynamic duo, their Batman and Robin, 70 points in the game. Now compare that to the Suns duo. Just 58. That's a 12 point difference. That's the game right there. Okay? That's the game. KD and Book was good. Yeah. But KD was not. It's really hard for me to
0: label anything bad about what Devin Booker did last night. No, Book tried to take
1: that game over. He did a great job, but he
0: yeah. had no help. I thought, I thought, and I and I honestly thought he he didn't. He didn't have any help. Kevin Durant and I didn't look at exactly the second half numbers specifically, but for the game, twenty three points on twenty two shots. I have to imagine he only hit a couple of baskets in the second half of that game. He was not good for all of the amount of time we have spent talking about Kevin Durant the last week during the All Star break. Right, that was an inauspicious first game back. Now he'll be fine. He's Kevin Durant. He's one of the best offensive players in the NBA. But you're right. And I tell you something. I know. Us watching that game last night. You know, it's obviously we watch the Dallas Mavericks from time to time, and certainly when they're playing with the Suns. This is the first time the Suns played against the Mavs with Kyrie this yeah, season. With Kyrie. Holy cow. How did he make a difference out there? Right? He, he did. He was that, that coast to coast and we don't have the play by play for oh, it. But that coast to coast. That was he a thing ran, of beauty. Oh, it was spectacular. That like, was a thing of beauty. Yeah, I like jumped out of my seat. And I hate the Dallas Mavericks, but like, how could you not be impressed by that? It was a thing of beauty. It, 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 it was, was
1: great against the Suns. Here's another thing to keep in mind, too. A plus minus does matter in this league. Luca was a plus nine and Kyrie was a plus 20. Kyrie was a plus 20 when he was on the court. Luca was a plus nine. Book was a minus 14. Yeah. And KD was a minus four. So big difference there. Their two guys were a plus 20 and a plus nine. The Suns' two guys were a minus 14 and a minus four. All right. Just just to, just to show that she loves you. Yeah. And she does. Gives it back
2: to KD. The double team comes. Okoge drives. Throws a pass deflected and stolen in the lane by Kyrie Irving. He throws it into the court, Dribbles against Grayson Allen. Spins into the lane and lays it in. Kyrie Irving. Has 27 on the night. Timeout
0: signs. I love Sean Bloom, but uh, it's it was a. The national call was, oh yeah. my God, yeah. look at what he just right. did. Hard for yeah. Bloom to get that
1: excited about. They, <laughs> John Bloom's a uh, Kogi turnover about it. <laughs> after Kevin Durant was triple teamed. Yeah. He was triple teamed on that. They threw three guys at him. He gets it to a Kogi. A Kogi turns it over. And then Kyrie goes coast to coast for the basket. Those, look, This I'm going to say this. You know, you know how I feel about this. I was talking with Tim ring about it. We were talking about role players and, you know, certain guys didn't have good. I'm like, like to me, it doesn't matter. Their best players were better than the sun's best players. That's really what it comes down to. You can break it down every which way you want. You can, but in the end, your star players have to be great for you to win. And the Suns' star players were not great. Book was great, but Katie was not. Katie wasn't. Was Luca great? Yes. Was Kyrie great? Yes. Was book great? Yes. One of these guys is not like the other. One of these guys just doesn't fit in. That was Kevin Durant he didn't have a good game. You 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 have to rely on your great players to win games like that most of the time. We can talk about a Royce O'Neal. We can talk about a Hardaway or a Maxi Kleber all day long. But in the end, why did the Phoenix Suns lost the, lose the game last night? Kevin Durant was terrible. That's yeah, it.
0: Yeah, and, and, and I think... They didn't have Bradley Beal, and I think that really mattered last night. And it doesn't sound like he's going to be available tonight. At least we don't know for sure that he's not going to be available. I know yesterday they were kind of pessimistic about his availability, but those, you know, one of those three runs that were that we're mentioning that we're referring to came when Devin Booker was getting his beginning of the fourth quarter rest. They had to bring him back in pronto. They had to bring him, and by then it was. Kind of too late. The the horses had already left the barn, so to speak. There was they were down ten, they were down eleven in that game and they couldn't get enough stops to compete. But not having Bradley Beale on the floor even at the beginning of that fourth quarter, that thing just kinda of slid out of view and the Suns couldn't keep up with it. And and not having Bradley Beal really, really hurt them last night. But I think the primary thing I think about when I think about last night's game Kevin Durant, he really he really struggled last yeah. night. That's, and if, I they keep those, back to and that. if they didn't make those and if they didn't
1: make those cuz who who guarded him the whole game? PJ Washington. Yeah. PJ Washington was on him a lot. So the Mavericks now have two defensive-minded guys to add to that roster. Much different Mavericks team with those two additions. Much different. Yeah, Tim Legler uh, from today talking about the Mavs. There's an electricity about their team right now because I'm seeing a belief, a real belief for the first time since Luka's been there. And it's interesting to watch. And the, the Watching the chemistry between he and Kyrie and how, where that's gone since he got there. And I, I really hope they maintain it. I mean, Kyrie, I know, look, he's controversial at times and people, they wonder like where his mind is when his mind is like this like it's been leading into the break like it was last night and then you have this
2: absolutely unstoppable force in Luka Doncic
0: all right when we come back on the Burns and Gambo show one of the top NFL draft experts believes that the three best non-quarterbacks of this year's draft might all be wide receivers does that change how the Cardinals should think about the draft is what we'll talk about next on the Burns and Gambo show
1: It's Vince Murata. Join us Monday morning. We'll review how the Suns did against LeBron, AD and the Lakers. Starting at 6 a.m. here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.
0: Right back here on the Burns and Gambo Show on this Friday afternoon here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader scouting combine. Believe it is next week. In fact, it is next week in the National Football League, so you better believe the mock drafts are going to come hot and heavy. We're going to see guys run around, see how fast they can run, see how high they can jump, see how they do in the interviews. Get, uh, it's not the main piece of the pie for Monty Austin Ford, as he told Bickley and Murata yesterday, but it, it is a piece of the evaluation pie. They
1: don't do the Wonderlick score anymore, do they? No, I, they do something else. I don't
0: think so. I think, I think it is something else now, but I, at least with the quarterbacks, I still think there's some kind of level of testing involved. Yes, absolutely.
1: Yeah, I, it, this is where Monty Asenford and his team will really kind of break everything down. They've got a list of guys. They'll start putting their board together after this. It's usually after this, you start to kind of go through your board and start to, you know, for usually do position by position. And now you start to, then you start to say, okay, I've got this wide receiver. First and this guy second and this guy third. I've got this offensive lineman first. Now let's compare the wide receiver to the offensive lineman because we've, we've had the interview. We've seen him at the Combine. Let's just compare which guy we would like better between these two positions. Yeah. So that's when you start to put the board together.
0: Yeah, this is Daniel Jeremiah. He's NFL draft guy for NFL.com. And he did a conference call yesterday with reporters. And uh, our own Tyler Drake was on it. I know the Arizona Republic's Bobby Mack was on it. There were probably others as well. And so there were a couple of questions that were asked about the Cardinals. And I, I, I want you everyone to hear what Daniel Jeremiah had to say. When evaluating the three wide receivers, Mark, Marvin Harrison Jr., Roma Dunze, and Malik Neighbors. So
4: you get different flavors. Uh, you know, with Marvin, you you kind of get you know the big power forward uh, who can uh, you know who's got some some really good quickness for a big guy and, and really tracks the ball extremely well. Uh, a Dunze is, is going to be two hundred close to 220 pounds. I think you're going to see him run in the low 4-4s four um, and who's got unbelievable tracking skills uh, to go up and get it and combat catches physical. Like If you're in Arizona and you see him, I think you'll see similarities to Fitzgerald just in terms of how he attacks the ball and goes and gets it. And then Neighbors is just like a stick of dynamite. I mean, he's he's super, super explosive. Just get the ball in his hands and let him go. Um, I think there's more to him in terms of a route runner. I think he'll get more opportunities to show that at the next level. Um, but he is ultra, ultra explosive. Here is
0: was the part I was the most interested in. Jeremiah, though, said, I think if you just look purely off of grade and not positional value. So, again, grade, not positional value, grade. I think you could make a case that the three highest graded players in this draft are those three wide receivers. Wow. They are that good. Wow. I think they're all gonna be number one guys wherever they go. And I, then he went in to talk about how, you know, that cut I just played, how different they all are. I I read that I'm like, really? Like one, two, three? Just take position out of
1: it. Just yeah. who are the three yeah. best
0: football players available in this draft? The
1: three wide receivers are at the top. You know? The the thing that gets me is is just I, you know, neighbors is great, right? But man, he's he's not that big, right? But who's my favorite wide receiver in the NFL? Your favorite? Who is your favorite wide receiver? Oh, you know who
0: it is. Who's? Why am I forgetting who your favorite wide receiver in the NFL is?
1: The positional
0: value to take a wide receiver in that because they'll have their pick of the litter if that happens. And even if Marvin Harrison Jr. goes third before the Cardinals pick, it sounds like, at least according to Jeremiah's rankings, the Cardinals will still have two really fine wide receivers to choose from at four if they don't move out. But is the positional value of an offensive lineman, of a tackle, does that push
1: ahead those guys? To me, it does. Uh, Yeah, I know. I know. To me, it does. You know, I would rather them go get Fashanu or Alt and and just solidify that offensive line, protect your quarterback. The Cardinals got so good at running the football. I want to see them can be able to continue to do that. He loves Adunze because I like big, fast, physical, smart, tough guys who can go play above the rim and who have some route polish to them. He's a big fan of Roma Dunze. So again, that's a bigger wide receiver that you should get. The, I've, as I've said all along, and I know he touched on it, I still think the Patriots are the biggest wild card in this draft right now. Yeah,
0: and and he thinks that they're what they do. He said, if it were me, I'm taking a I'm taking a a quarterback if I'm the Patriots. I don't I don't know if you're ever going to get another bite of the apple like this. Um, he said. But look, of all those three, the Cardinals could have their choice. Well, I
4: think they're in a great spot um, with both these picks because I think um, you know. They're, they're in a chance at pick number four. They're going to have elite player to to pick right there at four. Everybody's been connecting to the wideouts. I think there's a real good chance they have the choice of any of them.
0: Matt Miller, draft expert for ESPN, was on with Wolf and Luke today, and he was asked the question, okay, if you don't go wide receiver early, could you go wide receiver late at number 27? That's, that's a great question. Here's what he said.
4: Not super confident at twenty seven. I think, man, we
0: might see we might see a run on these dudes. You know, three could go in the top six. And then Brian Thomas Jr. probably someone it's one of those teams like Philly or Houston or Dallas probably takes him in the early twenties. So you're looking at Keon Coleman, Florida State. Xavier Worthy or Adnan Mitchell from Texas. Good players,
1: really good players. But they they don't project as that clear-cut number one like the top three guys do. So, yeah. so he's saying, not really. Okay, would you, let me just bring this scenario up. We've never sure. talked about this scenario. You get your, you, you go get a guy at four that you like, a wide receiver, an offensive lineman. Would you be okay if they took 27 and... A second-round pick to move up to go get a better player in the first round? Yes, I would. You'd be okay with it? I'd be okay with that. Okay. They've got six. So you're giving up two picks for one. Yeah. Two early picks, 27 overall, and then your top five pick in the second round to move up into the yeah. middle of the round to go get somebody at a better value I, position. I mean, I'd have to look at the chart to make sure that the,
0: the value was proper, you know, in terms of what was yeah, might coming be a out. a third rounder. I don't yeah. know. It's... But but but, uh, but I know what you're talking about. You're talking about attaching another asset, maybe a really good asset. Yeah, to move to up. the 27th pick to move up into like the mm-hmm. mid teens. I would absolutely consider doing that if I'm the Cardinals. in fact, I, I would I would almost lean towards doing that because here's here's why I would think about doing that is. Is I think they've got what six picks in the first 90 of this draft. You've got opportunities after the first
1: and even early part of the second round to add quality football players. They got to your get roster. a cornerback, they have to get a corner. They do, and I'm thinking second round for that corner. If you go offensive line, if you go now. I think everybody is kind of even the mocks kind of like offensive lineman, wide receiver with the first two picks. Okay, if they go that way, it's two two picks on offense. You still don't have an edge rusher. You still don't have a cornerback. <laughs> We're talking about offense, 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 right? They need help on defense. They need a cornerback and they need an sure. edge rusher. Yeah, they do. But all of our conversations with their first-round picks have always been situated around offense. We don't know what Monty's going to do, but it just seems to be that that's where the that's where the conversation is taking us with the Cardinals is the offensive lineman and wide receiver in the first round. Probably not going to happen that way. Probably not. Probably not going to happen that way. Real
0: quick, same question for you. Would you would you no. take? You wouldn't do
1: it. No, you wouldn't move up again in the first round to take no. a, a a player. No. Nope. I would even consider trading out a twenty-seven if he's right that the the value at the wide receiver receiver's gone. If I take an off- if I take an offensive lineman at four and I can't get the wide receiver at twenty-seven, I might if, if I could turn that into two more picks. Yeah, then I might do. I'll take a second and a third rounder for number twenty-seven. I got two more shots at it. All right.
0: When we come back on the Burns and Gambo Show, there was about seven minutes of game action last night between the Suns and the Dallas Mavericks, and within those seven minutes. It was the game for the Phoenix Suns, and we'll explain why next on the Burns and Gambo Show.
2: and Gambo need to know social poll.
1: Presented by Sanderson
2: Ford.
0: Alright, well, the Suns do have a very uh, quick opportunity to get last night's taste out of their mouth a little bit because they got the Houston Rockets coming up tonight doing the Texas two-step part of three games in four nights. Um, unfortunately, it's not just Bradley Beal who might be out for tonight's oh, game. Oh no! Here's Lauren with <laughs> maybe not as bad a news as Gambo's expecting. <laughs> I shouldn't have done that to him. I I think I made him think uh, what, do what do you got? What do you got?
4: All right, well, I'll lead off with the fact that Nurkic is questionable for tonight. So, our poll question today is
1: which player's impact would the Suns miss more if they are out tonight, Bradley Beal or Nurk?
0: Uh, it's Beal. I'm trying to make, I'm in my head, I'm like trying to make a case for why it would be Nurk. He only played twenty minutes last
1: night. He didn't. He didn't. He was not. Does that? That is not a matchup for him. No. But neither was KD at the five. Uh, no, Beal, Beal, yeah, Beal. Nurk
0: Nurk was played off the floor last night. I hate to say it, he, but was, played but he floor, was played off the was, floor. Played yeah. off the floor last night. Yeah, for sure.
1: All right, this is a close one. With fifty-two yeah. percent saying Bradley Beal, forty-eight percent Nurkic.
0: Way closer than I would have expected.
1: So Nurk is questionable for tonight. Questionable for tonight. What with what? Bruce Ego? <laughs> Wanted night off?
0: So <laughs> no, you know what's funny? What? I was a half second away from saying a Bruce oh, Ego. Oh, man. I just I, beat I you was, to the punch. I was a half second away from making exactly the same joke, so that's why I laughed.
4: That's why you guys are co-hosts.
0: Yeah, we we... We share the same brain. We we check it out like a library book.
1: You, you know. don't want to share the same brain as me. No, you're right. You don't want. You're right. <laughs> I'm, I'm not don't. very smart. <laughs> you're right. I mean, I
4: I'm don't. really not very
1: I smart. It's, and it's a right ankle sprain. A right ankle. Okay. Thank you.
0: Yes. If if I were sharing a brain with Gambo, I would. I don't know how to do a Zoom call. Send it back to Amazon. Get my money back. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> return? return. Return. Yeah. This return? brain was not what I thought I was getting. Can uh, yeah I'll take it back, please, and get a full yes, change. Young Frankenstein.
1: <laughs> Frankenstein. Actually, my kid in his class. My kid, uh, I told you, my kid has a class in school, a corona, where they just watch movies. That's oh all yeah, just it's, watch a, movies. it's a film class. They just watched Young Frankenstein. Oh,
0: that movie's funny. Yeah, What's with Terry point? Gar. Yeah, with with Terry Gar and oh. um, uh, Gene Hackman's in it uh, in a in a really funny part. Yeah, yeah. I haven't such young, a great movie. It's a
1: really good movie. It's a very old such movie. Such a it's great very, movie. It's a very good movie. He's like, I really liked it. I'm like, cool. You starting like all the
2: old movies. <laughs> um, third quarter. Yeah. <laughs> gives to Dotchich. Steps to his left. Doesn't shoot it. Gives to Kleba. Gets it back. Now Dotchich on the drive against Toghi. Stops in the lane. Draws the contact and the foul. Got the shot to go off the window again and another chance of a three-point play for Luka. Actually, I played the wrong one. This was the one I wanted to play. On the dribble right wing, step back three over Allen is good again. And he's hit two threes right out of the gates to start the third quarter and gives the Mavs their biggest lead of the night, 66-63.
1: Yeah, the three-pointers. That pointers. was the game. Yep. Yeah, the no, game that was third. That 16-0 run was the game. The Suns at one point did work their way back and cut it to one on a Royce three-pointer, a Royce O'Neill three-pointer to make it 81-80. But they exerted all their energy Right there to get it back to one because the Mavs were down, and the next thing you know, with that sixteen nothing run, they're up seventy six to sixty three. They're up by thirteen with that run. Now I, I, I charted, I charted all this stuff because that's what I do. Nurk misses, Luca hits a three. Nurk travels, Luca hits a three. Allen turnover, PJ Washington hits a three. Katie misses a shot, Luca hits a three. Katie misses a three, Green hits a three. It was. Miss shot, miss shot, miss shot, miss shot. And then the next one was Royce O'Neal missed a shot, Lively got two free throws. And then, you know, uh, two turnovers, two turnovers, Mm -hmm. which killed them a lot too. You know, they they were able to cut it to one, but then the Mavs just quickly built that lead back up. Now Vogel took two timeouts timeouts. to try to stem that tide. Didn't work. It just didn't work. I'm laughing because in both of them, and I'm
0: sure he does this after every single timeout, but he calls the first one like quickly, furiously calls it. And as he's walking away from the bench, he's clapping. I'm like, what are you clapping for? They just hit three three pointers in your face. There's the you know, and then it's same thing. The next time out, he called a minute later after they hit two more three pointers. He's know, they're clapping like this. Like, what do you, what want you want him to do, boo? Well, no, I just it's like, boo, I, like I, I understand he's trying to saw, he's trying to prop up the team and everything, but it's like, geez, you know, like you talk about some fake applause right there. It was bad. It was, and then you combine that run. Okay, with, go ahead. With two other little mini runs that Dallas went on. There was a mini run with about five minutes to go in the third quarter, where they went on a twelve to three run, middle to the end of the third
1: quarter. Kyrie hits a three. Kyrie hits two free throws. Gafford hits two free throws. Um, Hardaway goes by Eric Gordon after a book or miss and scores. And that was yeah, that's three yeah. five. Yep, that was it right there. S- S- Suns,
0: had, Suns had cut it to one. Okay, with five minutes to go in the third quarter. So they had withstood the run. They got themselves back in the game. Everything's okay. They're just down one. I nice thing you know they're down 10. Now they're down 10. Dallas goes on this run. But the Suns still close the third quarter, and they're down by five going into the fourth. Okay, that's okay. very doable. Yep. Booker sits, and then bang, it's another 8-2 run to start the fourth quarter for the Dallas Mavericks. And that, that was like the third one the Suns just couldn't overcome. It was like a 10-point game after that. They could never really find a way
1: to get yeah. enough stops to make it work after that. So KD misses a three-pointer, and then Maxi Kleber scores off a pass from Luca. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, Royce O'Neal misses a shot. Then P.J. Washington scores on a driving layup. Uh, Luca hits two free throws, and then Kyrie goes coast-to-coast coast after the Akogi turnover for that great highlight. The only thing in there was a KD mid-range jumper. And then all of a sudden, at that point, you're down 104-93. You're chasing 11 on the road against Dallas. Okay, so over the course of, if you add up the three <laughs> runs... Over the course
0: of about seven minutes of game time, give or take, on the clock, on the game clock, the Suns are outscored 36-5. 36-5. to, five. 36 to five. And, and, I, and I know we could probably do this for a lot of games, but I, I, I feel like, and Kellen wrote about this too, that those three little pocketed runs, with the emphasis really being on the one to open the third quarter, because I think that was a punch that the Suns could just never quite get their legs underneath them after they got hit that hard at the beginning of the third quarter. Those three runs combined, that's basically the game, right? I mean, th- those moments, every time the Suns thought they were there, Dallas to do just enough to push it far away from them that they couldn't get there. And I thought that was the
1: game last night. Yeah, not being able to get stops, right? Not being able couldn't to get, get a stops. stop when you needed a stop. Nope. I mean, we'll talk about the fourth quarter woes and the turnovers and all of that stuff, but let's be honest, those, all of those runs, the Mavs scored every time they had the ball. Yeah, Frank Vogel after the game, talking about that. Usually we talk about fourth quarters, and like you said, we will,
3: but Frank Vogel was talking about the third quarter. Well, we didn't start the third quarter uh, with enough attendance, and um, you know, obviously we gave up that 15-0 or 16-0 run. You know? So uh, we had some lost possessions offensively, and then you know, Luka got going. Luka against the five-man is a, is a difficult coverage. You know, and he, he burned us three straight times on it. And we had a transition three and a offensive rebound three, you know, that, uh, you know, led to that run. Um, so we got to be better there. And, you know, obviously uh, we did get a little too stagnant uh, offensively with with iso ball. But we just we didn't execute what we were looking to do well enough. Um, we had some breakdowns of what we were supposed to do. So, um, you know, it got congested. You know, when we were trying to attack, uh, we didn't space appropriately. So uh, led to some tough possession. But, you know, I'm happy with how uh, how our guys battled, but wasn't good enough tonight. Wasn't good enough. He tried in, in the third quarter, he
1: put in Naz Little to try to see if he could get some kind of, you know, defense out there. We did not see Thaddeus Young yesterday no. in the basketball game, but they did go to Naz in that late in that third quarter for the first time. I think at that point, you know, they were up by like eight or 10. And I think he was just trying to see if he can get something. They had a hard time. I mean, Gafford had that block shot on Book. And then he had the other one that was a foul, but like, you know, Book was trying to do everything he could in that third quarter. Book was great in that third quarter. KD was not, right? Book hit a mid-range shot. Then Book hit another mid-range shot. Then Book got a three-point play opportunity. He missed a free throw. Then Book hit a mid-range shot again. He was doing everything he could to try to keep that team in the game. All
0: right. When we come back on Burns and Gambo, since Gambo mentioned it, it's a good time to bring up the fact we did not see Thaddeus Young make his Phoenix Suns debut. And Now there's kind of a school of thought that maybe the Suns needed him more than we thought when they, acquired acquired. acquired him. We'll explain why that could be the case. Keep it right here on the Burns and Gambo Show.